What up, everybody? What is good? Welcome to the Damn Dude Podcast. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Where we have the conversations that need to be had in a way that'll make you think and say, Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. We're here to help educate, impact, and entertain. And uh, ultimately, this show we've discovered is primarily about self-understanding. How we can understand ourselves better in a fucking simple, logical way that makes sense, where all the smart technical shit that, you know, therapy and, and books and all this provide, with at the same time some, like, real ground floor, from the street, real people type of way. Because there's a big disconnect between these two. And I think I am able to witness that, and we create the show, and this provides a very happy middle ground for that sort of shit. I am your host, California Cal. I am great at taking any ideas that I have and boiling it down to a very, very simple way that makes sense for a lot of people to understand. And I realize that's one of the gifts I've been blessed with. And I kind of accidentally discovered that through telling stories just through to different people. And they're like, wow, man, like you're really good at this. And, that. and I was like, I am like, I didn't even know that. You know what I mean? So it's cool when you're just able to be yourself and then people point out, wow, you're really good at this or that. And you're like, oh, shit, I didn't even know that, you know. So it just came from like a couple different areas of natural sharing to where people are like, whoa, like you there's you got something. I don't know what exactly, but there's something in the way that you can speak this. And for me, all I'm doing is taking information from the world, things I learn, observe, see and just putting it in my own words. You know what I'm saying? It's like most of the shit that I think you think any of us think is not original. It A lot of it comes from somebody else's thing and somebody else's thing and somebody else's thing. And we just kind of like interpret and then fucking put it out here. So that's what this show is about. And that's what the fuck we do. And like I said, we have the conversations that need to be had. Obviously in a way that'll make you think and say, damn, dude. <laughs> So welcome, welcome, welcome to season two, episode 10. Damn, dude. We're moving right along here. This makes 110 episodes, dude. Like, that's a gang of episodes. So, first of all, rest in peace to kind of like a father figure slash uncle figure to me. My best friend, Puff's father passed away recently. Um, Rest in peace, Mark Smith. Yeah, the service yesterday was beautiful, man. It was just such a reminder of like, damn, you know, like, this is where I come from. This is, there's such a humbleness about it, you know, and it was like, it was, his funeral was just so real and it wasn't like, there wasn't the fluff and this and that. It was just so real. And I love that. I think that's the way that he would have wanted it, you know. Um, and one thing that I learned and I, it really clicked for me yesterday, especially from some of the sharing and just my observations of yesterday was that he was one of these people that live life on his terms. Like he lived his life the way he wanted to. He did what he wanted to do. Now, Everybody wasn't always happy with what he's doing or some of the decisions he was making. But you know what? That was his life. And and it's like, how much more can you live life other than doing it on your terms in the way that you love? You know what I'm saying? Obviously, we can have mindfulness for this or that. But I got a taste of that myself. I embarrassed the fuck out of myself. I did something really rude. But it wasn't intended to be rude, you know what I'm saying? So it just kind of occurred as embarrassing for half a second. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I just, I did what I did. I will not have regrets. If you, That's the one thing. Is like, if you do something embarrassing, that means that you just eradicated a regret. Damn, dude. You know what I mean? Because you wanted to do it. And if you didn't do it, then there that cultivates a regretful feeling. So what I did was my best friend was up there speaking you know, just giving the whole intro and everything to the whole funeral uh, service. And 
before even it's like all right and like we're gonna take an opportunity to let people speak and i just fucking jumped up from the back and i ran up to the front immediately and for those of you who know i was the little boy scared as fuck to speak up and i was the teenager and the adult afraid as fuck to speak up so to me because it scares me i'm just like this is the right thing to do fuck it just get up there and talk and I realized I jumped up before all the rest of the family, before his own fucking sisters could speak and all this. And I was like, oh, shit. So I kicked back and I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't even realize I was rude, you know. And so I'm standing there kind of feeling like, uh, at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I, I tried. I made an effort. I did what I thought was best. I didn't think it all the way through. But you know what? I acted accordingly and I showed respect and it was cool, you know. So it's like having that humility goes a long way to, you know, when you're able to learn from it, I feel like, dude, yeah, I made an ass out of myself. You could say whatever in fucking passing comments. I don't give a fuck because one thing that Mark taught me was do you. And it's like, sometimes people aren't going to like it. Sometimes people are going to judge it. People can say whatever the fuck they want, but you know what? I was excited to go up and speak on his behalf and share my understandings because I understand that each one of our stories and perspectives is absolutely unique and is absolutely valid. And it matters. This is us sharing is our expression of what the fuck life means and looks like. You know what I mean? So it's important that we, for one, learn how to tell our story and then we go tell our story and we share that and we do whatever we can to input our perspective in a way that's not, or, you know, that I should say that's mindful and makes sense. Um, you know, understanding timing and, and play, like the time and the place and all that, like, is a good thing, you know. So ultimately what I took is like, dude, you got to live life on your terms. Fuck what people think. At the same time, we got it like respectfully. You know what I mean? Um. So sometimes we do shit that, that's embarrassing. It's better to do shit that is embarrassing than to just not do it at all. Because it's either you can take the chance of being embarrassed or living with the regret for the rest of your life. If you, if, you do, if you choose to be embarrassed, you do something embarrassing, all that's required is a couple conversations to be like, oh shit, my bad. You know, and it's like most of the people didn't even take it as offensive, I don't think. Like, it was all love. And people were like, dude, like, I like what you said. So... That was the reality of what happened. I kicked back. I let, you know, the aunties speak and all that. And then I was like, and then it was my turn. And I waited, you know, until they called me up. <laughs> so with that being said, rest in peace, Mark. Much love, man. I love you. You've got some beautiful kids and a beautiful family. And I'm appreciative for the example. You know, you showed me what to do, what not to do, and how to fucking just not really give a fuck in a cool type of way to where it honors how you feel to where you will not live with regrets. So thank you for that. I think that's dope. Um, shout out to the whole Smith family. You already know it's fucking, you guys are my family too. You guys, you guys helped raise me. So thank you. I, I'm, I'm appreciative. Um, so moving forward with this episode, we've got a couple interesting things here. Now, shout out to my topic plug. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, this is some good shit. And also, what day is it? Um, it's about to be their birthday. So, um, yeah, happy birthday to my topic plug. Appreciate you. These are some koala tea fucking topics. <laughs> um. So let's just get right into this. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to structure this. But you know what? Fuck it. We don't need the structure. We're just going to fucking go in. So I'll read this and then we'll kind of dissect it. It's like a question, statement, a uh, realization. And let's break this down because this shit is universal as fuck. It applies to everybody. And when we're experiencing this stuff, it feels like it's just us. Like, oh my God, it's only me dealing with this. Like, nobody understands, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, everybody fucking understands. A lot of times, a lot of us just understand that we don't understand it. <laughs> but the thing is, all problems and whatever is universal. So, 
the first topic, I guess, stems from resistance. Now, resistance, it's an interesting thing. We all experience it. We have resistance to trying new things, doing new things, thinking new things, experiencing new things, letting old things go, etc. So basically it says resistance. When we, when we feel resistance towards stuff in our lives, how do we meet that resistance without avoiding it or pushing through it too quickly? Dealing with it properly in order to liberate ourselves from what is pretending to protect, from what it's pretending to protect us from. Ooh, that's dope. Resistance can mask itself as protection, but is really keeping us small and keeping us from whatever action is being called to us. Meeting our resistance can lead to awareness. Damn, dude. All right, so there's a lot to unpack here. So, let's just, first of all, when we feel resistance towards stuff in lives, how do we meet that resistance without avoiding it or pushing through it too quickly? First of all, I would say what comes to mind is how do we meet that resistance without avoiding it? Let's start there. First of all, I think it's important to acknowledge. Acknowledgement is always going to be the first step of any sort of understanding and any sort of healing and any sort of growth. Sometimes we understand that we don't understand, and that's still a form of understanding. So understanding what it is exactly that we are having resistance towards or what it is that we're actually avoiding just needs to be acknowledged. That's what I meant to say, acknowledged, not understood. I mean, I guess it's kind of the same thing, but like, what the, you know, what is there to acknowledge? So I think first thing is like, well, I acknowledge I have resistance towards this conversation, towards this potential conversation, towards this meeting, towards this group, towards this whatever the fuck you're up to, right? So I think number one is how do we meet that resistance without avoiding it? Well, acknowledge it. We have to acknowledge where first that there is resistance. And I think the next step is to acknowledge what the resistance is, is the, like, once we can identify what the resistance is, like, how I see this a lot of times, if, let's use it as, like, you have to have a conversation with somebody about something that's difficult, and a lot of times, I know from my own experience, depending on who it is or what it's about, my resistance that I acknowledge will be, fuck, this person's gonna flip out. And that's my resistance. It's like, I don't want to have this conversation because this person is going to take it the wrong way. And I'm like, okay, so if I know this person is going to take this the wrong way or is highly, highly, highly likely to take this the wrong way, well, I acknowledge that. So now how do I readjust, fine-tune, readjust myself Excuse me. to come at this person in a way where I don't trigger their resistance? Because oftentimes, if we have resistance towards somebody else, that's usually because they have a certain resistance towards us. You know what I mean? Damn, dude. So, if we can acknowledge what our resistance is towards them, and then put ourselves in their shoes where we use empathy and understanding, and be like, well, shit, they probably have resistance towards us, because of those 12 or 20 or 500 times I came at them like, dude, you got to do better, blah, blah, or you need this or that, or the conversation, or you came perfect, right? Because we all fucking come at everybody perfectly, right? <laughs> That's the hard part to get over is like, dude, no. Nah. Whether the other person overreacted or not, or has a history of doing that, there's still a level of responsibility we can take as to how we came at them because guaranteed the last few times we came at them, there was still something in the way, you know what I mean? And it's like, rather than avoid the whole fucking thing, it's like, well, let's acknowledge what it is. Let's acknowledge that for one, there is resistance Two, what is the resistance? Whose resistance is it? Ooh, that's good. Whose resistance is it? Damn, dude. So I think that's how we can meet the resistance without avoiding it is for one, just we have to acknowledge and then acknowledge 
who's resistance and where it comes from. You know what I mean? Because one of us, in, if there's two of us, one of us birthed it or both of us birthed it. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times the let's add, let's tack on the next piece of this is pushing through it too quickly. Now, in my experience, that comes from creating more resistance. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so if we have a tendency to just push through resistance too quickly, oftentimes we're missing where we are creating resistance with the other person. Damn, dude. So kind of taking this a step back is like, well, pushing through certain conversations of resistance too quickly can come off as forceful. And when things are forceful, what does that create? If you're forcing things, it creates resistance. So slowing down, acknowledging what it is or that it's happening, what it is, whose is it, where's it come from and where's it going? Because with resistance, it's either going to slingshot backwards or force and push itself through. You know what I'm saying? For me, that just created such a big picture in my head. I was I, like, I had to pause. I'm like literally seeing it. Like I picture like a ball and like a a mesh web of like a galaxy pushing through. And then it's either being like boing or a fucking black hole and it just shoots through. So I think that's how our resistance and acknowledging and either pushing through or forcing through it occurs is that that that's the right way to deal with it properly is to acknowledge, are you passing the ball or are you fucking shove? Are you fucking think fast catch are you are you it's like how are we because any any sort of projection has anything that we say or do or project has the potential for resistance by somebody somewhere you know what i'm saying so i think the more that we can create context we understand because if somebody throws a baseball at you as fast as they fucking can when you're at the grocery store, or you're sitting in your house, or you're just walking down the street, that's not okay. That's going to create extreme resistance if somebody just chucked a baseball at you as fast as they can. But let's say, rather, we're under the context of we're playing a game of baseball. I got my uniform on. I got my cleats. You got your shit. I got my bat. You got your glove. All right, I'm going to fucking bat. Or like, you know, we're practicing catching or whatever. I'm the catcher. You're the pitcher. Whatever the fuck. Now it's completely okay to throw a baseball at somebody full speed. And it's encouraged to throw the ball harder and faster. You know what I mean? And there's not any resistance to that person throwing the ball faster. As the, as the, as the batter, the hitter, you're not mad that that person's throwing a baseball at you as fast as it can because the context is correct. So that's where I think kind of if we take the step back is like, well, shit, if somebody threw a baseball at you when you're walking and you're not ready for it, that's going to create a mega ultra super duper resistance. So let's take this step back further is when we acknowledge the context, we acknowledge whose it is, where it's at, where the game should be played and not played, where the conversation should take place or not take place, when it should take place or not take place is important because like I said, if you chuck a ball at somebody and they're not playing the game, extreme resistance. If they know they're playing the game, nothing wrong with it. Damn, that was a good pitch. You know what I mean? That's the difference versus like, fuck you. Like, how can you do, you know, it's like assault versus fun and it's the same act. So what I see is like the context that we can create a limit when when context is clear, resistance clears. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Damn, dude. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I mean. <laughs> so I think, you know, dealing with this whole thing properly in order to liberate ourselves from what resistance is pretending to protect us from. See, that's interesting. It's like resistance will often See, this is interesting. It's like if somebody chucked a ball at you out of context, immediate resistance. But what if immediately you turned around and caught the ball 
and you threw it back as if like, hey, hell yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you all of a sudden understood that context, so there's no resistance. So I think in order to liberate ourselves from resistance or what it's trying to protect us from is the ability and power and understanding we have the option at all times to create or shift a new or different context for ourselves or another person. So I think if it comes to the sake of like having a conversation, creating a context to have the conversation is an important thing. And that conversation could be with yourself or whatever. Like for me, I'll take time to specifically be like, all right, I'm going to feel like shit right now. I'm going to take the time to do this. And it's like, my context is okay. I've created a context to be able to be okay with any resistance or ill feelings or whatever for myself or life or whatever to make it make sense, you know? Because timing is important. At the same time, it's not everything. There's times where it's completely good and okay to override the timing of things if something is very urgent. But at the same time, the more context we can create, the better. And oftentimes, little, little things, simple questions. Hey, man, like, I noticed you're not feeling very well. Like, is everything okay? Is there anything I can do? You know, you look a little down. Like, is everything cool? Where it's like you're not assuming or this or that. You're just observing and you're saying, hey, what do, this is what I have to offer. Or something like, hey, is right now a good time to talk? Like that simple little thing. That was one thing I used to I used to screw up a lot in business calls was I'll call somebody and they'd be like, oh, yeah, hey. And then I'll just start going on and on. And then that, that way that I'm going on and carrying on is creating all these questions and all these questions and then all these like side tabs and side notes and all these things. And I'm like, it, it, it's like this conversation requires at least 30 minutes And this person only has literally like 45 seconds to talk because they're walking from here to the next building or room or whatever the case may be, right? So being able to create a context kind of diffuses resistance, you know? I feel like, wow, this is a trip. This just hit me. Like context is like the precursor to empathy. Damn, dude. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if we can create a context, we don't necessarily have to be super empathetic right off the bat. I mean, like, yeah, being empathetic is always good. But like, if we create the context, we don't need to jump to empathy. We can more jump to like listening and understanding. And then oftentimes when listening and understanding doesn't work, then we got to go to being empathetic. So if we create that context it kind of keeps things in a in a more positive and productive sort of way when the context is correct. So resistance can mask itself as protection, but it's really keeping us small and keeping us from whatever action is being called to us. And yeah, it's like, I think resistance is removed with context in a major way. Now, it's not the only way. This is just... How what how I view and understand the small like in the simplest form, how it helps and how it can unmask itself as protection, you know? Because a lot of times it's like, ah, oh, fuck you, I don't want to talk about this. Ah, oh, this that. Okay, but that usually if that's the place we're coming from, that means it hasn't been acknowledged yet. Going back to square one, you know. So rather than forcing it, rather than pushing it through too quickly, anything like that. we're able to really just fucking when we shift the context it unmasks itself now think about that like think about different topics or conversations people have tried to bring up to you you weren't ready for it you freaked out you got mad you got triggered but in other instances somebody talked about the same thing or the same topic but they came at you correct you know what i mean it's like the same thing it's like i think about when people ask hey how's it going having a good day It's like this preloaded context for you to answer rather than like, how are you? How do you feel today? How's your heart? How are you? How's your relationships? How's your, you know, it's like the context shifts and you get a much different answer out of what is seemingly just a greeting. Damn, dude. So when we have our context clear, I truly believe in feel and experience 
that resistance is cleared up. Now, this is huge fucking advice I got to take for myself. As I'm saying this, I'm like, oh, that's why that fucking went to shit. <laughs> like, oh, that's why that argument ensued. Oh, that's why this and that. And then the same thing when people do it to us. Like, we just have to understand they're like, if they're attacking you with questions or assuming shit, it's like, well, hold on. Do your best to find out what context they're coming from. You know what I'm saying? Because that matters. It's everything. What context are they relating to you from? What context are they relating to their life from? And I'm hella guilty of that. I see some of my friends or whoever acting like assholes or just being making stupid decisions or whatever. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And then I realize, oh, the context of your life is that fucking everything just fell apart. Your whole life exploded. So no shit, you're not going to be very receptive to like, hey, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like you need some real deep ass conversation with some context that comes from empathy or understanding or something. You know what I'm saying? So I believe that's how we can meet our resistance and have it lead to awareness. The awareness of context and what the fuck we're doing. You know, are you throwing baseballs at people when they're not ready and not paying attention, not playing the game? Or are you throwing baseballs at people who are ready to swing or catch? Yeah, you know I mean, uh, damn. What we're we gonna do? We can take a quick break. We'll be right back. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. What is good, everybody? Welcome, bicycle. Damn, damn dude. dude. As you know, season two, episode ten. Let's get it in, my friend. <laughs> All right. So the next thing. You guys like that first part? I thought that was pretty dope, honestly. Like, I didn't know how to address that. And I'm kind of the way that I like to do shit is like, you know what? Let's just fucking jump in and figure it out. That's not always the best way to do things. <laughs> and sometimes that's just what's required. You know, I, I, I it feels good to work through these things in real time, in real life. And... You know what I'm saying? Figure this out together. That's how it feels to me. So I thought that was really good, man. Um, next, this is a trip, dude. This one I thought was really fucking cool. And it has to do with surrendering. No surrender. So there is some things you should never surrender on. And that is yourself your passion, your dreams, what you believe in. That doesn't mean you shouldn't stop learning about it and just become fucking resistant to everybody. That means is don't surrender your dreams. Don't surrender to bullshit. Stand true to yourself. At the same time, there are things we should absolutely surrender to. So I'll kind of read through this and then let's dissect it again. Surrender. How do we really surrender to the moment we're in? Damn, dude. Oh, that's fire already. How do we really surrender to the moment we're in? Especially when it's heavy. How do we really stay present without letting old triggers resurface or emotions cloud what this particular moment is trying to show and teach us? And a quote, the only way out is through. That's, dude, that's, that's hard. Damn, dude. Surrender to the moment and push through. So how do we do that? How do we surrender to the moment we're in, especially when it's heavy? And how do we stay present without letting old triggers come and fucking nail us, right? So there's a lot of pieces to this. And a lot of it does tie into the first half of the show that we discussed when it comes to resistance. Surrendering to the moment we're in, I think... There's a couple ways to go about this. Mm. First, I would say. Uh, sorry, one sec. I'm trying to write a note quick. Okay. Um, so the the first piece of how do we surrender to the moment we're in, especially when it's heavy, and how do we stay present without letting the old triggers resurface, is. Like I said, there's a couple of ways to go about this, and I think they're all applicable, but I want to say it in the order that I believe is most powerful. So number one, in my experience, is breath. 
and breathing. That is the absolute number way, number one way to get back to the present moment and what we're feeling and experiencing. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, if you can bring, let me restart that. There is nothing more present than breathing. Breathing is the most present thing that we are all doing, whether we are present to it or not. Whether we're aware of our breathing or not, it's always fucking, if you're alive, it's happening. So that's why to me, when it comes to being present, anything that has to do with presence, being present, being in the moment, for me, the number one physical thing is breathing. So it's like, I believe we got to handle the physical and the mental of this in order to really understand it. So to me, the first thing I do is I switch to breathing through my nose and I feel what the breath feels like going through each nostril and at the tip of my nose, in and out, all of that. And I'm like, (sighs) sometimes I breathe in through my nose, out through my mouth. It kind of depends on the scenario I'm in, but breathing. That's number one. Sometimes I'll breathe through my mouth or whatever. I don't know. But breathing. If you can become aware of your breathing, then what does that remind you of? Well, I'm breathing. Where are you when you're breathing? I'm right here. What are you thinking about if you're thinking about breathing? Well, you're not really thinking about anything because you're doing it anyways. You're just, we're just aware of it. So breathing is going to always be my number one answer to how to be present, how do we surrender to the moment we're in, is breathe. How are you breathing? Are you breathing? Are you holding your breath? I, I It took me a long time to realize this, and I still am working on it, and it's still a lot of work, but it's like, am I breathing? When I get nervous, or I'm like thinking about something, or I'm like anticipating something, or I'm unclear of the context, or I'm lacking awareness or understanding... I have to go straight to my breathing because I realize when I, oh, sorry. When I, what I realize is when I'm in those moments, I'm holding my breath. I'm like, like I'm barely taking breaths and I'm like just holding it all in my stomach. And this is something that's interesting is a lot of us, when we stress, we'll hold it in different parts of our body. For some people, it's like they hold it in their stomach. For some people, they hold it in their throat. For some people, they hold it in their shoulders. For some people, it's in their neck. For some people, it's in their their head, in between their temples, in their brains, in the back of their head, in their ears, in your hair even, like in your feet. Sometimes your hands will tense. Sometimes your armpits will tense. Sometimes your whatever piece on you, like we're all, we're all the same, but we all have like different levels of how we operate. You know what I'm saying? So that's what's fascinating about being a human or a living being is like all the other humans are all the same. Like we all are the same, but we experience our sameness differently. Damn, dude. And this is why context is so fucking important is because that sameness. We're all the fucking same. And if we can create context then we can relate that sameness to one another. But if we lack context, we cannot relate that sameness to each other. So back to breathing, that's one thing you and I and all living beings have in common is that we breathe. So that's why my answer is always how to surrender to the moment to be present is take note of your breath. Are you breathing? How are you breathing? And then I wouldn't even go that far. I would just acknowledge that and then just pay attention to it. (sighs) Breathing. That's going to be number one physically. What to observe and what to go to work on is the breathing. And then I think the next step is like, how do we stay present when shit is heavy and emotions are high? Number one, the breath. And then the internal part, the mental part of this is, who and whose and which and what context are you living into in that moment? You know what I mean? So check this out. If you're breathing and you're aware of your breathing, can you observe once you've came to terms with how you're breathing and you understand and you're aware of it next, how hard is it to observe the other person's breathing? Are they nervous? Are they holding their breath? Are they like 
kind of panicky feeling? Are they kind of nervous? Are they on edge? Are they whatever? And if so, then you're like, oh, they're just feeling how I'm feeling. And it's like, then from there, boom, internally, context. What is the context that you guys are living into? Well, I realize this person's context is that they're unaware of their breathing right now. And if somebody's unaware of their breathing, then they're likely not all the way present. Like, if you can't become aware of your breathing on the snap of a dime, then like, wait, that doesn't make sense. On the stop of a dime. That made no sense, but I think you get what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> On the snap of a dime. The, the, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> See, I'm out. Of, I lost my context. I'm breathing, so I know I'm right here. I know where my ass is at. If my ass is in my chair, I'm never lost, right? <laughs> so, the context. thats the, It's like we have the physical and then we have the mental. Physical is going to be the breathing. Once we can become aware of that, then the mental. Well, whose context are we in? Are, am I in my context or am I in this person's like panicked, confused context? Because oftentimes, like, we bring our context to somebody else. They bring their context, and that's usually any what any disagreement is, is two contexts coming at each other. But a lot of times, we're fighting for the same thing, we just have a different context on it. So that's how I view my relationship with my ex and with the kids, is like, we're both fighting for the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, we both want what's good for the kids. Outside of that, our context is all like, She's coming from hers and I'm coming from mine. And oftentimes they won't meet up. But it's like, hold on. Where are you coming from? What context are you coming from? Like, let me understand your point and why you view things like this. And I just have to. And because she's somebody who's very triggering to me when she speaks or says things, I have to keep kind of going. And I'm realizing this as I'm explaining this is like I have to keep going back and forth from. All right, what's the context? Whose context are we speaking on behalf of? Is she trying to annihilate my context or is she trying to honor my context or is she coming from her context and trying to express her context? So I realize often I don't know and I get confused and that triggers the fuck out of me because I like to understand the context we're coming from. And for me, I'm like, you keep changing context so I don't understand and that's frustrating to me. So I got to step back and go to breathing, go to breath. All right. How am I breathing? Because oftentimes before you outwardly get mad, before you outwardly get annoyed or express or express annoyance or outwardly express anger or frustration or whatever, our breath is going to warn us a good amount of time before it actually happens. Because what happens is like, let's say you're walking down the street, somebody throws a baseball at you, your breathing changes before you yell out, hey, fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or if somebody's talking to you, yeah, this and that, and you feel it, you feel it, you feel the trigger just getting pulled more and more and more and more until finally it's like, bam. But the thing is, pressure had to be applied to that trigger before the shot actually goes off. Damn, dude. You feel what I'm saying? So it's the same, it, it, you know, it's just a metaphor, obviously, but it's the same thing for our breathing. It's like the pressure builds up from us not breathing all the way, taking full breaths. And that pressure is just slowly more and more on the trigger, more and more on the trigger until bam. So this is why, in my understanding, we have to, if we can take awareness, if we have awareness of our breath, especially when shit's getting heated or it disagrees with our context or we don't like the context, we have we can go to our breathing and check in and see where we're really at. Because a lot of times if you're mad, you're like getting huffy and puffy without realizing it. And then you're just getting, you're just loading the fucking bullets, so to say. Until when you pull that trigger, it's not just like clack. It's like bam, 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 bam. You know what I mean? So it's like we're better off if we can not fire the bullets keep them for when it's, they're really necessary, so to say, 
to protect people or to fight for a cause that's just, you know what I'm saying? But to use your bullets in an argument, it doesn't make sense. The same, you know, and that applies in real life. It's like, dude, why do fucking people shoot each other? Well, sometimes it's justified and sometimes it's definitely not. You know what I mean? And a lot of times it's because we we're not taking the time to step back and breathe. We're just fucking shooting triggers, pulling triggers, invoking trigger pulling. Because that's the thing, too. A lot of times, like somebody who gets shot by somebody and this is coming from somebody who's had best friends shot and murdered and I've been shot at and I've had other friends that have gotten shot there's usually something that provokes that not saying we're not putting fault or blame on anything or anybody but there's something that triggers the person to pull the trigger you know what i mean so it's like what could be done or what could have been done context wise with words with breathing with becoming present to make that change to shift it you know what i'm saying so it's like what in this particular moment is the is being triggered is losing our side of context like what is it showing us what's it trying to teach us well most of the time it's trying to teach us patience or empathy or understanding or self-awareness um but that's very general and that's kind of why i'm like well we all deal with there's only a handful of emotions that we all can experience as humans So that's why we're all the fucking same. But how do you or I relate to each one of those emotions that all of us experience? Because we have first emotions and secondary emotions and third and so on. I'm not, I I don't know enough about that to really speak on all that yet, but that's a thing, you know? So it's like, if if I remember correctly, anger is a secondary emotion. And... Hmm. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know enough to talk about it. I just thought that was interesting. And if that resonates too, cool. I'm just going to leave that at that. Um, if I, when I learn more about that, I'll, I'll share my experience of it. But, um, I, and I like this, like the only way out is through. Now, what does that mean? Well, I guess when it comes to emotions and context and resistance and surrendering, The only way out of the resistance and the only way to surrender to the moment is to get present. Understanding your breathing is the most present thing you can do. Because if you stop breathing, you're dead. Straight up like that. If you stop breathing, you're dead. And there's you don't there's no more opportunity to be present. You know, Maybe as a ghost or spirit, whatever, like maybe you're hyper present. Maybe you're not present at all. Who knows? We we can't say for sure. And when we stop and we acknowledge and we feel through these things and what I mean by that is like, all right, well, stop. Feel through it. How are you breathing? How, you, how you're breathing is how you're feeling. You know what I'm saying? Damn, dude. Like, really, it's like. If you're breathing like, it's like, you're pissed. All these breathing means something. If you're breathing like, you're scared, you're nervous, you don't know what's going on, you're unsure. If you're breathing like, you're calm, you're relaxed, you're meditating, you're breathing. So this is the thing is when, when, we bring awareness to how we're breathing and if we're even breathing, it tells a lot. So the thing is, is we can manually change how we're breathing. Just like how I just gave those examples. Like right now I could be like, <sighs> like I'm nervous doing this. I'm always nervous filming the show. I'm nervous for the meeting I got to go to in a little bit. And I'm nervous for starting some new clients I got to start. And... I can bring awareness to my breathing to transcend what the fuck is going on. So when I can use my breathing to bring awareness to my situation, and then I can alter my breathing on purpose to a calm state of breathing, 
then we're actually able to see and experience and feel and hear what the lesson or what the moment is trying to teach us. Now, sometimes we fail in the moment. Sometimes we fucking drop the ball and fucking whatever other expressions are for that. We, you know, you drop the ball, you fuck it up. And oftentimes fucking it up is the lesson that needed to be learned. You know what I mean? Because it's like we can't just jump to the final answer of being a fucking enlightened person where you don't get pissed or triggered or whatever anymore. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of something that's misunderstood is like, no, when you do all this work to have a better self-understanding, it it just it, it's a continuous thing. And we're going to keep getting tested by the same things. It's like history repeats until we really learn. And until we really learn, what's interesting is it still keeps repeating, but it's how you relate to yourself and the context and situations that arise. Damn, dude. And this kind of all falls back to personal responsibility. We cannot blame somebody else for how we're breathing. We cannot blame somebody else for how we're feeling. I mean, you can, but it's inauthentic. It's not real. You're making me breathe all huffy and puffy. Nah, that that's you, bro. Yeah, I might have just said fuck you and threw a baseball at your head, but it's still you who's in control of your breathing. Like, yeah, I might have done some asshole shit. At the end of the day, I don't I'm not in control of you. You are in control of you. Now, I can contribute to how you feel by either doing something nice or doing something mean. And at the same time, that's where it's like, okay, well, only I have control of myself, whether I do something nice or something mean, the same way that you only have control over yourself if, you've rece- if you're on the butt end of receiving something nice or mean. You know what I mean? And this is why it's important to look at ourselves and not blame other people for what the fuck is going on, taking extreme ownership of yourself and your life. And responsibilities and shortcomings and successes. You know what I mean? So, I think the best way to surrender to the moment, if you're really having trouble and shit's heated as fuck, is to take stock in yourself. How are you breathing? Whose and what context are you living in? And if you don't know, then maybe make it clear that, you know what? I'm not in a good space to have this conversation right now. I, I just need some space and time. Let, let's talk about this later. Or can we talk about this at another time? Or can we talk about this this weekend? Or after work or whatever. It's like, I, I'm not, I don't hate you. I'm not mad, this or that, whatever it may be. And I need to, I just need to figure stuff out because I don't know the answers. And if you really want a genuine, like legit answer for me. I got to take some time because I don't know how I feel about this. I'm confused. And like, I I really feel that I could say something hurtful if I engage in this conversation when I'm not ready. So I don't want to say shit that I regret or this or that, unless you are in a space for me to be able to just talk my shit. And you're really not going to be offended if I accidentally say something mean or something that I don't mean. Like, will you be able to give me that space and allow me to clean up some of the shit I said? Because it's unclear for myself. Now, I'm taking this fucking advice to the max, dude. I'm like, I know this shit. Why the fuck aren't I doing it all the time? You know, I do my best. But like I said, it's never just learned. Aha. And then you fucking got it. Like, it's continuous fucking practice. Learning over and over and over until we can take such responsibility for ourselves that it's like, I know this person acts this or will react this way or whatever. Okay, cool. And how can you take so much responsibility for yourself? How can you take extreme ownership of yourself and that relationship to a point where even though you understand this person gets triggered, we have the awareness to be able to adjust our own ways of being, adjust our context, adjust our breathing And show up in a way that's actually beneficial and helpful to the other person. Damn, dude. Because I've been in a good handful of conversations in the past month or two to where I know, like, there's people who talk to me like, oh, they already know how I'm going to react. They already know this and that. And I'm like, nah, man, like, I've done a lot of work and I'm not going to react that way. So at the same time, it takes a lot of 
sometimes the, the other person can just keep dumping it on you and dumping it on you and dumping it on you until you finally didn't react the same way that you normally reacted. And then they go, oh, aha. And whether they give you the credit or not, this is why it's called extreme ownership. Like you take ownership of your damn self and your feelings and what the fuck you've done or haven't done or how you respond or don't respond. Because if you really learned this person who you know is going to be a dick to you or only sees you as one way can keep fucking shitting on you. And you know. So you don't have to be offended. If I know somebody's going to be mean to me and I show up and have a conversation with them and they're mean to me. Who's it's like and I get mad like what the fuck I already knew like the only person I could be mad at is my damn self because I I already knew I knew this person was going to flip or get mad or whatever same way they knew whatever. And you know what? This time, or not even this time, but no longer am I just going to fucking fall off the handle and get triggered by their shit because I understand that's there and this is here. And their context is their own and my context is my own. So are we going to fight to prove whose context is more correct or right? Or are we going to take the the time to understand, oh, that's your context. That's why you think I'm this way, or I do this, or I do that, or that, like, oh, like, this is my context, and that's why I think you're this way, or do that, or do whatever, you know what I'm saying, and that's, like, some powerful shit, you know, it's, like, understanding what fucking context we come from, where our breath is at, and I think when we start there, those are, like, fucking superpowers, man, you know what I mean, that's, that's just how I feel about it, like, it really is like a superpower when we can gain awareness of our breathing and our context. That's physically and mentally, and they fucking work hand in hand, dude. It's just such a beautiful thing, man. Damn, dude. <laughs> so, on that note, you guys, I hope you guys have an absolute beautiful day. Remember, say three things you're grateful for every morning and every night. I've been writing down... 10 things every day and thanking each of them personally so hope you guys have a beautiful day much love peace